Hello, and welcome to the first episode of Museum Weird. Uh, I'm your host, Seth. And I'm Leah. Today we have a pretty exciting episode planned. We're going to talk about all things spooky season and haunted museums. Um, Seth, why don't you give them a little spooky synopsis of this episode? Yeah, so we're going to be talking about our experiences here at the University of Iowa Pentecost Museums, but we're going to touch a little bit on other museums around the country and their experiences. Sure. Uh, we chose this topic, haunted museums, I think not only because 45% of Americans believe in ghosts, that's almost half of the people that you know, but also just because, I mean, we work in a, in a space and with collections that we take care of, but at the same time, that comes at a cost. There is an energy to the collections that we work around, and um, I don't know, I think that haunted museums and bringing up that idea and that collections and artifacts have energy is kind of a controversial topic, but we know it to be true, at least here at the Pentecost Museums. So that's why we chose that. Why, why do you think this topic is interesting, Seth? Like, what draws you to haunted museums? I, I mean, there's not an employee who's walked through these doors who doesn't have true. some sort of experience. And when I first started here, I think that's everyone's first question is, are there any ghosts in this building? Um, especially here at the old Capitol Museum. This building was built in 1840. Because um, on my first day, I had no idea. It wasn't even an afterthought, oh, this museum might be haunted. And there was an experience we had here. I was working with Kylie, and there was no one else here. It was a Sunday. There was no other staff. There was no cleaning staff, nothing. We unarmed the building and came in. Um, once we walked up to the middle floor, I could hear clear as day, uh, workman's boots like footsteps downstairs it's just one of those things where you know your brain registers the sound like I was clearly like oh that's just like a workman down there it must be someone for maintenance or something and I don't know Kylie looked spooked but I wasn't even I, again I wasn't even thinking about that it could be anything um, until we walked downstairs and there was nothing there there was no noise nothing was mimicking that same sound and it was just like very distinct we walked upstairs, and I, halfway through our shift, jokingly was like, is this museum just haunted or something? Like, kidding. And she looked at me and said, I wasn't sure how much they told you or how much you knew. So it's kind of weird. Some people, I think, come in and they can feel the energy right away. At this point, I feel like that I can tell right away. But at that point, I had no idea until after the experience was had, until after... Uh, Chauncey, as we've coined him, just the energy and spirit that's in this building kind of made himself known. But what was your first experience with Chauncey? <laughs> um, well, first I was going to say that I'm a little hesitant to put this podcast out there because like you said, we never, I've kind of made it a point that every time we hire a new docent, we don't tell them about any like ghost experiences yeah. or anything spiritual that we've felt in this building because I want everyone to have their own, their own account because it feels very special the first time you feel something yeah. because you're like, I've been chosen. We also don't want to scare them away. Right. Yeah. There's that too. But my first time that I was experiencing it was probably a year in. Mm -hmm. I never got like the early experiences, but I still believed everybody. I was, I wanted it to be true. Uh, yeah. Um, and I was walking in the South Hall of the first floor of Old Capitol past the auditor's office and I looked in and there's this beautiful desk in there and it's an original piece to the building and I was the only one in the building it was just a quiet morning and I looked over and sure I, I was sure that I saw someone sitting in the chair at the desk and I was like I panicked for a second and I like did a double take and they were gone and mm -hmm. I was like in that moment I was fine 
Like, I was not scared. I was not yeah. worried. But, I like, I know what I saw. Yeah. Like, it sounds crazy, but I, like, I'm confident that I saw something. Sure. I think it's interesting, too, because a lot of our employee accounts are very similar. And having not even cooperated with each other or talked about it, it might be people that I've only worked with maybe one time. It's interesting how similar their stories are. Mm -hmm. um, two of our employees had a similar experience in that same wing of the building, walking up the staircase, they saw someone walk past or through the hallway. Mm -hmm. So it's just kind of interesting. Um, and then my first boss, when I worked here, she, we had an employee event and I mentioned it to her and she said, let me guess, workman's boots. And then our, our maintenance man, Byron, he said, workman's boots, it's clear workman's boots. Like, so it's just kind of interesting after having not like told them the story or corroborated with them that their experience is exactly the same. Mm -hmm. I think it's kind of interesting, and I think the reason we wanted to talk about it was to just make it more personable, because you hear about people's stories, but you have no reason to believe them. Right. Like, there's no reason. It could be completely made up. It could be for press, which we'll talk about later with uh, one of our stories. And it it's just like, I think, just sitting down and really talking about the experience that all of us have had from a small museum, mm -hmm. even if people from Washington listening to this probably aren't going to hop on a plane and come over. Like, <laughs> it's not really a publicity thing. It's more of just, I think, making people aware of the energy that objects can have. But right. then again, it is a controversial topic because museums are factual buildings. Right, yeah. We've got the Museum of Natural History right next door, which is a testament to science. Um, so we can't sit here and say definitively that spirits are something that exists, but it is something that we that we feel. Yeah, you you just know, and I think the more that you get in tune with these buildings, like maybe that's why I didn't feel it quite at first. Mm -hmm. Everyone's timeline is different with that, but the more comfortable you get with these buildings, and the more pride you take in taking care of them, I feel mm -hmm. like the more energy that you feel. It's it's really interesting. And we have an employee here named Colton, um, and he's actually a mortuary studies student um so he doesn't spook easily at all like he works around um deceased bodies and death yeah he just works around <laughs> death um and he actually recently had an experience he's had plenty of experiences here and there that just he'll mention casually but recently he had an experience that really spooked him do you want to tell them a little bit about that yeah Colton submitted his account to us before we started filming this podcast, so I'll read it to you now. It was weird. I've never felt so alone in Old Capitol before. Towards the last 45 minutes of my shift, what struck me was a shuffling sound that overpowered the sound of the air conditioner out in the hall. I got up to go check around the building. The more I walked around, continuing from room to room, the hair on my neck started to rise because the feeling of being watched was very present. My pace started to pick up once I got to the main office level, and continued down the hall with a cold sweat of something not right. That very moment I whipped the corner, and my feet stopped as I grabbed the door. That very moment I stopped, I distinctly heard hard-heeled footsteps clacking behind me and fading away. Five to six footsteps, as if it was going to get me. I've never packed my bag so fast, and ran to the Museum of Natural History to Jillian because I needed Spanish documents. That moment, I walked in and I told Jillian I just encountered something at Old Capitol, and she went back over at the end of my shift and locked up the building. Yeah, that's not the first thing that has happened in Old Capitol. Spooky. It so, is. <laughs> kind of that same thing I was talking about there, how it's the footsteps. There's mm -hmm. just certain things that are 
continuous and consistent that it's just there's I just don't have any other explanation for it I think a lot of it noises and, and things can be explained away but the footsteps are one thing you know the sound of somebody walking mm-hmm. that is one thing that is like distinct it, yeah. you can't really make that up um, but yeah some other museums besides ours have had paranormal accounts one of them was from the Cleveland Art Museum and there was a very popular photo going around um, they were putting together an exhibit on Claude Monet and they took an image of the exhibit being put together which you could see in the top there was a man overlooking the exhibits creation and his face was pretty unclear but you could see that he had a salt and pepper beard which is something that Claude Monet was really known for it's just kind of interesting because I mean something like that could be a complete publicity stunt where it's really to gain popularity and buzz it's more concrete evidence so it makes it more believable to some people mm-hmm. Or, you know, it could really have been an unexplainable experience. Um, I think it's just, again, like we said, it's very weird because museums are seen as very educational, fact-based facilities. So bringing up a paranormal experience like that can be taboo because you don't want to be discredited, no matter how real the experience may be. You don't want to discredit yourself to the public or turn away a certain audience because you're talking about paranormal happenings. Right. That's a communication we even had with our bosses in talks for this podcast. How do we deliver this information without exploiting or sensationalizing this idea? Um, and I think it's a hard thing to do, which to be completely transparent. But that's why, for the most part, we're speaking on experiences that are our own. Mm-hmm. Um, there was another interesting happening at the Smithsonian. Um, I think you read about that, Seth. Yeah, so there are a lot of written accounts in the Smithsonian Castle of ghosts and hauntings. Um, But what's interesting about this is that the Smithsonian never publishes anything about this because the Smithsonian is possibly the best-known museum system in the United States and maybe the world. Um, They don't need the publicity of a ghost. They don't need to exploit that. So it's kind of just hidden in little little depths of the internet. (laughs) Right, and not that, like... Museums need exploitation to gain popularity, but like essentially, it seems like there was a. Ca- it was in 1973 that a lot of the happenings came more public, and more employee accounts kind of surfaced. But I guess the idea is that they are so popular that there's no like this account. There's no reason for it to be made up, right? Because they were already and are a successful museum. There's yes. no like. They just wouldn't gain anything. If anything, they would probably lose Mm -hmm. a certain following for talking about a topic like this. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty interesting, definitely. I think there's also, when when we talk about exploitation, something interesting with stigmas around mental health and our crime system, a lot of prisons are turned into museums. Mm -hmm. And that's so strange when you really think about it. Right. Like, if you're actually on a vacation, you just go. I think maybe you're not, I don't know, I think people just don't think about it as their first thought. Mm-hmm. But the idea that these people were imprisoned here for crimes and we're, we're trying to capitalize on the idea that their soul is tormented and stuck there mm-hmm. is very, it just doesn't sit right. Yeah, because then you're not only a prisoner for your time on Earth, you become a prisoner for all of eternity. Right. And there's something like inherently unfair in that. Right. And, and, and exploiting mental health. There is a correlation between certain mental health problems and criminal activity. And so I think the insane asylum idea and like going to old asylums where there were 
tortured and treated completely differently and incorrectly than the ways that we treat mental illness now mm-hmm. and and capitalizing on that is very strange too um it's just weird okay so let's ask the big question sure. why are museums haunted or why do we believe that there are things in museums i think that everyone has that feeling when you walk into a museum or you mm-hmm. walk into a space that's just like really old artifacts and yeah. like relics that you just it just feels different mm-hmm I don't even have an explanation for that or a description. It just feels different. Yes. Not even just museums, but like historic houses. Yeah. Like going to an old house, it's the feeling that something has been here before you that's bigger than you. Sure. And that you, I like, I love that feeling. When I walk into, um, here in Iowa City, we've got Plum Grove, which is where the first territorial governor of Iowa lived. It's a beautiful old house. I love it. And I love feeling that something bigger than me happened here. Sure. It's being absorbed in the history. Yeah, it is. I mean, again, that can cross lines. There's, I'm sure some people are aware of the Lizzie Borden house, um, the girl who murdered her family with an axe. It's so exploitive. That house that she murdered her family in is now a bed and breakfast. And in the gift shop, they sell bobbleheads of Lizzie Borden holding an axe, which is ridiculous. (laughs) Like, actually, yikes. I think... Yeah, there's a difference between exploiting and, I, I think, respecting and preserving a space. And mm-hmm. I don't know that those two can really coexist. I just don't think so. Like, I just think it's interesting because, you know, the Lizzie Bo- the idea of Lizzie Borden is, it's a very old story. So I think we become desensitized to it. Mm-hmm. But the reality is if a family was murdered in their house... It's still a tragedy, no matter how long ago it happened. If somebody murdered somebody in their house here in Iowa City last week, and we were like pitching the idea, let's turn it into a bed and breakfast. What if we sell, like, bobbleheads of the man who murdered his wife holding an axe, like, or whatever the murder weapon is? Like, that's ridiculous. So I think common sense is not always at play when it comes to exploitation is either all in or Mm -hmm. you don't even talk about it. Right. So I think that's kind of interesting. And you can even tell that from the stories we've told today. It's like with the Smithsonian, don't even talk about it. Mm -hmm. But with the... Cleveland Art Museum, all in. Let's publish this on our website. Let's post this everywhere. Let's tell everyone. There's really not an in between, mm-hmm. and I think that's what makes it so hard for like the other 55% of the population to believe that these kinds of things happen. But I think that artifacts definitely carry energy, yep. and it's all different kinds of energy. Here, I feel like it's a pretty neutral experience. I don't feel like we often say we don't feel like we're in harm. It just feels like the spirit here just wants to be acknowledged. Right. We're not alone, and we feel okay no. with that. Yeah, usually. I don't like being <laughs> here on my own. It just, I just feel more, like, vulnerable mm-hmm. to things. And plus then there's no one to cooperate when you hear something or you feel something. Or, right. So I like being here with at least one other person. But it's definitely not a malignant environment. Um, no, I've never felt unsafe here. I have. Oh. But that's okay. <laughs> Again, everyone's experience is different. I think I'm very sensitive to energies. Mm-hmm. I also have clinical anxiety. So, of mm-hmm. course, it's going to feel heightened by that. But th- I think that in the beginning, I was scared to even talk about it. I didn't want to tell. I told, like, the few people close to me just because I was honestly contemplating if I still wanted to work here because I felt... I felt, I really did feel scared being here on my own so much. 
then policies changed and I really don't have to be here alone. We don't, right. we have a buddy system. But I didn't want to even tell anybody because I felt like I didn't want to make whatever I felt like I disrupted upset. And I think it's sometimes a dominance thing. I think that energies lay claim over space and we need mm-hmm. to respect that for the most part. I know I've said it before. I'm like, this is not the museum. Like the museum doesn't own this building. No. Like the university doesn't own I was like, the spirits of this building own this building. And right. we have to respect that. Right. The artifacts in this place own this building. Right. Um, and the whole building is an artifact. It like, is. It's like we could take all the desks, all the chairs, everything out of this building, but there'd still be something here. It's still, yeah. It's here forever. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, an example too. I don't know if I told you this. I think I did. Uh, one of our coworkers, Jillian, she had, there's this one cabinet that always like opens, just swings open. And she was jumping on the floorboard next to it, like violently jumping. It was like, it started to open a little. And she was like, see, that's what it was. It's not a ghost. Like you guys are silly. And really just discrediting the idea that anything was here besides us. And not 10 minutes after she started hearing noises downstairs. And so she went downstairs and she was hearing like music or certain sounds. We have a broken music box type thing down here. Oh yeah. We're telling this story from this museum. I guess that would have from been from the basement. Of that would have been, yeah, <laughs> this is where I heard all the noises in the beginning, but at this point we're more comfortable here, but she heard a sound down there and she asked me to come to the top of the stairs cause she was feeling a little scared and I didn't hear anything that she was hearing. So it just kind of goes to show that energy, afterlife, whatever you call it, artif- just the artifacts, they just demand respect. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, a critical part of working in a But that's why yeah. we're here. Yeah. I mean, we are here to preserve and yeah. protect our artifacts. We are. Maybe that's why it's not malignant. I, we're kind of protectors of the building. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it sounds really cheesy. I hope I'm a spirit here someday. Not to... Not to uh, fantasize about my own death, because I don't oh want to die, gosh. but I do want to be a spirit here. <laughs> I mean, it's popping. You would not be on your own. Exactly. We're also two 21-year-olds working in the museum field, so we are by no means trying to tell other museums how to operate. Yeah, we no. are giving our own. I'm not an expert. We work in a... I mean, they're big museums, but by admission, we're smaller museums in the middle of Iowa. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to say Smithsonian does this or Smithsonian does that. But, I mean, I guess our experiences give us some merit and being here for over two years working with artifacts and, I guess, ghosts. I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, we don't know. At the end of the day, we don't know. I don't think anyone really can... There's no definitive No, answers. I can't tell you that there are ghosts. I can tell you that I definitely believe that there are ghosts and energies based on my experiences. Mm-hmm. But the weirdest part about paranormal activity and paranormal happenings is, like, there's no way to convince another person right? without them experiencing it firsthand. We just had a new employee start, and we were trying to tell him about it. He's like, I just don't believe in it. We were yeah. like, that's okay. You will. You will. <laughs> you <laughs> probably will if you work here on your own once or twice. I don't know. I love this building. Me too. No ghost could turn me away from it. I was very close to maybe throwing in the towel because (laughs) I just felt like I don't know I was very new I didn't feel like quite settled in with everybody but I definitely was intimidated in a lot of ways especially in this building what's interesting too is like I have experiences in this building our boss has experiences in the other building Mm -hmm. she says this this one she says no way like this is not haunted this this you guys are silly but then everybody else has had experiences here yeah but she swears the museum of natural history yeah is haunted 
And I, I mean, I'm not going to discredit her experience, but yeah. <laughs> I've never felt anything there. It's just interesting that people are susceptible in different places. It makes you wonder how is that how is that determined? Like, are we all just wired we, differently to feel things in different spaces? For real. Or how do the spirits or energies decide who to make themselves known to? What's also really funny about this, so Old Capitol Museum is the first... I mean, it's it's the first state capital of Iowa. So, so many people have passed through these doors, which makes me believe that it's credible to believe that there's spirits here. Yeah. The Museum of Natural History, our sister museum, is... The building was built in, like, 1904. It houses mainly, like, taxidermied animals, birds, mammals, things like that. Which makes me question, like, what spirits could be there? Could it be anything related to animals? Because I know that Colton had experiences in our archives where he would hear, like, uh, a noise from a bird. And there's a lot of birds in our archives, by the way. Like, a, a lot of birds in our archives. Mm-hmm. And so he would be working on preserving them and he would hear like a bird sound and different like animal sounds. So do you think animals can have otherworldly spirits? I have no idea if this all applies to animals. I've never owned an animal in my life and never had an animal pass away besides a fish. So I wouldn't be one to speak. I have no idea. I mean, I guess that's the reality. I'm not going to pretend that I know everything about this, but mm-hmm. I just know about this space. And it's, it's kind of funny because I think we all have had experiences where you're home alone, you think you hear a noise. I literally locked myself in my room once because I thought I heard someone in my house when I was like 15. And now looking back at all those small experiences that I swore were like something going on and having a true experience, it's indistinguishable. Mm-hmm. It's It feels absolute. And all of those small things that like oh, I heard a little squeak on the ground in the distance or whatever. Oh, I thought I saw something out of the corner of my eye. Those could still be valid. But it's just, like, funny because that is nothing compared to the indistinguishable experience I had on my first day here and so forth from there. Yep. We also have a recording. We did one of those apps. Colton did it the day after all that crazy stuff happened where he brought his phone upstairs and use this app where it records like for sound you know you can record if you make noises in your sleep or whatever and it picked up some really strange noises but there was not a single other person in our our museums are closed right now to the public because of covid and everything and it's just weird even that which feels definitive Mm -hmm. is still not even like fact like no experience picture audio could be taken seriously like universally right just opinion you just have to experience it yeah all i know is it's scary i mean it doesn't even though he doesn't have any malignant energy it's scary to me because you're dealing with something that you can't see that you can't Mm -hmm. predict that you can't control even a little right but they have complete reign over how they make themselves known when they make themselves known and i think working at a place that feels so full of energy makes you scared to bring something home I thought I did last week, but... I thought I did, like, a year ago. And so many things were going wrong at home. I was like, I've just been spending too much time in the museum. But we also have, like, no recorded experience of somebody dying in this building. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've heard things. But I don't know, some of it, you, it could always be made up. Right. I, I know that there are people that have worked here that haven't really had as strong or as frequent experiences as us. Right. So take it for what you will. Yeah, I mean... I can't, I can't tell you that a spirit is a definitive, real thing. 
I can tell you what I feel in this building is real. And if that's just me being starstruck by history and being in awe of this amazing building that I work in that takes its form of a spirit coming to me, no. then so be it. But I mean, think what you may, but we have a staff of like, what, 20 people? Uh-huh. And majority of them have had experiences, not only just experiences, but very similar experiences to one another. So right. this is our first podcast. There's nothing holding our credibility besides the fact that we do work at a museum. We have worked at for two and a half years that we love, but just so happens to be haunted. There's no credibility besides that fact and that idea. I don't know. There's no reason for us to make it up. Yep. But there's also no reason that you have to believe us. So take it <laughs> as you will. You could believe that idea. You could believe us. Or this could have just been an interesting story to you and a little bit of facts about some other museums, potential experiences or stories. Because, again, only 45% of the population really believes in ghosts. So yep. I'm sure even less than that would believe two employees at a museum in the middle of Iowa. Right. But anyways, not every podcast is going to be about paranormal experiences, but more of what makes a museum a museum. So mm-hmm. our next episode is going to be based on museums and how they're depicted in movies. Because um, I think that's a lot of people's first experiences with what a museum is. Um, and also something that in the mainstream gets a lot of attention. So we're yeah. going to be diving into that topic. And that'll be next month on the 24th. We're going to have our episodes every month on the 24th. And we hope to see you there. Thanks for tuning in. I'll see y'all next month. <laughs> <laughs>